Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. Welcome in on a Friday to Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com. Kyle Elfrey and Ray Flowers with you on a very pivotal weekend, whether you are playing for a championship or not. Maybe you're hitting the DFS slopes. Maybe you're doing the wagering thing. Whatever it is, we got you covered on this Friday morning. Ray Flowers hanging out at the beach. Is that uh, is that Pirates Cove behind you? I know that place you like to hang out uh, in, in the Bay Area. Is that what that is? No, that's actually uh, Monterey. Oh, okay, that's a uh, shot. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's a shot taken from the hotel a few years back, uh, right on uh, Cannery Row, out the side window, because we had the the corner unit, if you will. So, you could see the main strip and the old ocean. I'm not too far off on that Pirates Cove guess, am I? It kind of has a similar setup, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's not quite on a point like that. And you know, if you're if you're talking about Trader Trader Vix is or actually Trader Vix. That's yes. it, Trader Vix. Trader yeah. Vix. Yeah, um, Trader Vix is actually right in a marina, so. From a yeah, that actually now that I think about it, now that I realize which one you're talking about, that is actually pretty close, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a total idiot, right? Yeah, there, not there a total. Idiot. There's a lot of missing pieces, and occasionally they hook together. Uh, I kind of blew that one, but but I'm gonna get better. I promise over the next hour. Uh, loads to get to. Now today's gonna be a little different because Ray, I, I figure with uh, you know everybody's in a different boat this week, and some aren't even playing. I get that. You know, some people are like, my God, I've been playing this for you know. Five months, give me a break, you know. So, so I get that. Maybe they just want to sit back and watch football. That's kind of uh, rare, <laughs> you know. They just sit and watch the games. But many people, I think, a lot of our subscribers uh, here at Fantasy Guru are doing something in Week 18. Uh, so, Ray, we're going to get them set because we've kind of been following the ongoing storylines with who's in, who's out throughout the week. Today, we're going to kind of wrap it all up. We will go game by game who's in, who's out, what it could mean if guys are out or in for some other pieces that you might be thinking about, whether it's a streamer, whether it's somebody on the lower end in DFS. We'll talk all that over. And speaking of DFS, uh, like I said, big, big DFS week. A lot of people say this is the best week of DFS throughout the season. Uh, Chris Rose, who has been covering the DFS slates all year long, at fantasyguru.com, along with Scott Bonder and Russell Clay and Armando Marsal, Jeff Manns, everybody. They all do it pretty well. Um, he's going to stop in, give us some of his thoughts for both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we'll do some DFS head-to-head. We do that every Friday. And we'll sneak in some baseball. Nothing irritates Ray Flowers more than, like, um, loopholes. That mm. team's fine. Um, and at least this time, it's not the Dodgers, Ray. It's it's the Braves kind of having fun with with contracts and and isn't it wild, Ray? You know the Dodgers are paying Shohei Atani two million, and the Braves are paying like four of the youngest and best players in baseball like a combined twenty five million. It's mm-hmm. maybe, maybe these teams are truly just smarter. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the case. And then they're giving you know eighteen nineteen million dollar extensions to guys that throw eighty innings a year. So yeah, I don't know. That was Chris Hill. Uh, but yeah, the Braves have been at the forefront of good contracts. To be fair, for them, bad contracts for the players. In retrospect, I mean, you can't. We've talked about this all the time. Here's fifty million bucks. You know, you want it, kid? Yeah. So yeah, the Braves they're they're worth definitely talking about because they they built something pretty special in the offseason this year with adding guys and letting them go and trying to trade them for you know spare parts. It's 
been interesting how they're building that team this year. Yeah, so we'll talk a bit about that uh, sell uh, rejiggering of the contract, if you will. Uh, remember, Boston's also paying $17 million of his contract this season. So the Braves really aren't paying him a whole lot. Um, also, we got some trade news in baseball. And it's not really news. It's just the fact that, hey, there are guys available if you're willing to pay the price. Uh, some good pitching that is still available. And it won't cost you $300 million. So we'll talk about that coming up. But again, the main focus is going to be football. I see some questions already coming in. So uh, if you've got questions... DFS, you know, season long, whatever it is, uh, shoot them our way. We'll do our best to answer them over the next 45 to 60 minutes. Mention Chris Rowe is going to join us in about 15 minutes time. Uh, quickly, Ray, promo codes are out there. Everybody knows FSD20, but of mm -hmm. course, we've got that start of the year special over at Fantasy Guru too. We do. Uh, all DFS coverage through the Super Bowl, sign up now, you get it. So week 18 and then every week of the playoffs of the Super Bowl, you get access to all the articles, the Discord, uh, any live streams we do, all that kind of stuff, so you can get your DFX fix taken care of. And there's also another deal that's behind the scenes. It's about ready to come out. I, I didn't verify yet before the show, Kyle, but I assume by Monday next week we'll have another deal to share with the folks. Don't assume, Ray. I know. Don't assume, I know. but I think you're probably right. By Monday it'll be ready to go. So uh, stick around for next Monday. Um, okay, week 18. Uh, it's a crazy week. People hate it. I don't. I enjoy it. I think it's fun. I, I like having to make bad moves, good moves, great moves. I like having to dig. So I, I enjoy this. Uh, but again, I understand people don't like the challenge. So whatever. Uh, but we, we will go into the week, Ray, with every NFL team playing, but of course, without every single player playing. And a lot of people know the situations, but I thought today, you know, at least for 10, 15 minutes, we'd go game by game and kind of remind people where things stand. Um, and this applies for those in championship games, DFS, certainly. Uh, Saturday, we do have two games. They start at 4.30. Baltimore is hosting Pittsburgh. Then at 8.15, we have a very big game, very important game for Houston and Indianapolis, where, in effect, both teams need to win. Um, so that'll be a fun one tomorrow night. So with these two games, Ray, Pittsburgh-Baltimore is um, – I, I look at this, Lamar Jackson's out. Now, we haven't heard much else from John Harbaugh, but I got to assume, Ray, you know, Zay Flowers hasn't been practicing this week. I think he's going to sit. Um, Odell Beckham had a day of rest yesterday. I think o OBJ actually might play in this game. I, the backfield's kind of interesting with the Ravens. I don't really know where to go here. My my thoughts, my mind says they're not going to push Gus Edwards. They, they've had such bad luck with running backs. I mean, even yesterday, Ray, they're picking up Dalvin Cook for their practice squad. They've got Melvin Gordon. I mean, could you imagine you get to the third week of the playoffs and Melvin Gordon or Dalvin Cook? It's, so I, I, I think a guy like Gus Edwards, Ray, is probably not a good play this weekend for the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, you could create a scenario. It would be pushing it, right? But a scenario where Gordon and Cook get 80% of the touches this week. Um, Justice Hill has looked good. Justice Hill's looked good in support, right? And he's filled that third round role. Even when uh, Mitchell was there, Hill was on the field a lot. And, you know, we've seen him the last couple of weeks have some nice splash plays. And, He's an important piece of this offense. Not, not one we talk about in fantasy, but he's an important piece of the offense. So I agree with you. I think that this game, you know, the Steelers have to win this game. The Ravens don't care. Um, they they likely are obviously looking two, three weeks ahead in the playoffs. I mm -hmm. wouldn't anticipate seeing much of Gus Edwards. I'd be surprised if he's inactive. I think they'd yeah. probably get him a little bit of work. But, yeah, he's not someone I'd be interested in playing in the DFS scenario or the seasonal setup. Yeah, I, I think all these guys are getting a little bit of work. I just don't think we're looking at four quarters. And I think uh, there, there will come a point, maybe if Baltimore gets off to an early edge, they'll be like, okay, well, let's let's kind of push for the win. There's pride involved. I think Baltimore is one of those franchises that, you know, is is not 
necessarily one that mails it in. I mean, they're always trying to win. They, they love to win. That's what they do. Uh, they're not going to have a game next week. So there is part of sharpening the knife, if you will. Mm-hmm. On the Pittsburgh side, we know Mason Rudolph is going to be the quarterback. Uh, there might have been some concern with Dajee Harris, but Ray, he's in the clear, I think. So mm-hmm. Harris, Warren, Pittsburgh needs this game. All their guys are going to be out. Uh, Saturday night, kind of the same thing, Ray. Um, I guess the big news there is that Houston will not have Noah Brown. So he is out. Uh, Robert Woods, I guess, is questionable for the Texans. Are, are you feeling the other guys like Nico Collins? Are, are, are you jumping on board that Nico Collins train? Like Houston, I mean, you look at the landscape of the season, Ray. We've had, gosh, a half dozen like big time games from Houston receivers. Now we don't have Noah Brown, who was the author of a couple of those games, but we do have Nico Collins. Is that a spot you're jumping in on? I mean, it. Yeah, yes. To answer your question, yes. Now, it's fascinating, as we've talked about all season long, that the Texans simply cannot have all their receivers healthy. They can't. It's unbelievable how every week there's someone that's down with an injury. Like Green Uh, Bay, pretty much. Yeah, same thing. Exactly. Uh, You know, you look at the matchup and you have to say to yourself, look, how are we going to win this game? They're going to run the football, of course, the Texans. But whether they have success or not, you know, Laramie Tensel, the left tackle is dealing with injury, too. So, We've seen C.J. Stroud return, and he didn't look great. He was fine. He didn't look great. We talked about the other day. He hasn't really had a C.J. Stroud game in a month. It's been a while because of the injury. But they're going to throw the ball, and they're going to have success throwing the ball, I would anticipate. And Collins has got to be at the top of that chart uh, with Brown out and Wood, as you mentioned, being uncertain. Then we're in the Mechie-Hutchinson zone. So this is a scenario where we could see double-digit touches – I mean, targets, excuse me, to Collins. That could happen this week. I think he's a strong wide receiver too. You know, for somebody who's just – incredibly desperate at wide receiver Mechie perhaps I mean there's a lot of guys of his ilk but he, he's done nothing all year he really hasn't but Houston likes to throw the football I don't know maybe they go back to 25 30 touches for Devin Singletary guess that's possible uh but Houston has got to win Indianapolis has got to win Zach Moss is going to be back uh probably nothing more than a cameo role there uh so that's what we're looking at on Saturday moving into Sunday uh, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Now I, I'll say, Ray, the Browns are a team. I don't want any part of this week, DFS or otherwise Flacco's out. I think Amari Cooper's out. Honestly, Ray, I don't even know if they play in Joku and Ford in this game. Uh, maybe it's for a quarter or two, but like, mm-hmm. I, I look at that Browns team with Jeff Driscoll under center and, you know, even like, Oh, this guy's going to get more work. This guy's going to get, who cares? I I'm like, I, I want nothing to do with the Browns on Sunday. Yeah. I think there are two words you said there that, solidify the entire picture uh which is what your position is jeff driscoll no like just, <laughs> come on man. and I, I mean wish the guy well and all that but he hasn't thrown a football in year. no he he's quarterback five six whatever the hell it is i've lost count with the browns um they are not concerned with winning this game as much as they're concerned with getting ready for the playoffs yeah. so i agree with you that's just not a team to be looking at no T. Higgins uh, for Cincinnati. It sounds like Jamar Chase is going to give it a go, but you're going to want to check the news on Sunday morning. Um, if he's out there, play him. Uh, if he isn't, obviously go in another direction. Minnesota, Detroit. Uh, Nick Mullins is starting. Ray, I haven't seen much on the Detroit side. Have you seen anything about resting? I I, I haven't seen a blurb or nothing. Mm-hmm. I Part of me, again, you know, last week was such a frustration in Dallas. You know, they got pissed off. And, you know, they're a team that, I, I almost feel, yeah, there, there's a concern about injuries, so on and so forth. But they're a team that, like, everything's going well. There's a new year for Detroit, kind of a new era for the Lions. And going to be in front of the home fans. They want to kind of create that momentum for next week's home game. I, I don't know if it's a full four quarters, but 
in a season long, if I have St. Brown, Gibbs, Montgomery, Laporta, even golf, I, again, I'm not saying I have any inside information, but I'm probably playing those guys, I think, on Sunday, unless I have just dynamic other options behind them. I, I think those guys, I'll give the thumbs up for in week Yeah, two. it's a rival to the Vikings. There's mm-hmm. also that. But I think, and someone asked me this in Discord over at fantasyguru.com, what, you know, are you concerned about them resting? And I said, look, their head coach goes for two points from the seven-yard line. That's true, yeah. Like, that's not the that's not the mindset. And again, who knows? But that's not the mindset of someone that says, we're going to rest guys in week 18. So I haven't seen any reports suggesting they're going to rest guys. Obviously, we'll, we'll look to see if anything comes out before game time. But uh, at this point, I would agree with you. I'd expect them to play the majority of the game at least in week 18. And, and we've talked a little about incentives this week, but also milestones. Uh, with Detroit, both their running backs could get to 1,000 yards rushing. I think Montgomery needs 25, should be fairly easy, and Gibbs needs 75. So, you know, hey, is it high school? No, it's not. But it is still kind of a, a thing sure. to get to 1,000 yards rushing, especially with both running backs. So we'll see if Detroit goes there. Uh, Henry in the uh, chat room, Ray, has a question about Nick Mullins. Uh, Mullins or Stroud this week? I, I got to go C.J. Stroud. I, Nick, Nick Mullins, to me, is he's very Taylor Heineke. He's very Sam Howe. He, he will make a couple of throws. And you're like, wow, that was nice. And then he'll make 25 throws that are just junk and not good decisions. I, I'd much prefer C.J. Stroud over Nick Mullins. Yeah, I think this question is kind of what's wrong with fantasy football as a broader perspective because there's no comparison between these two guys, right? Stroud is clearly on another level from Mullins. Talent-wise, eyeball-wise, production-wise, it's just that Mullins flings, Mullins flings the ball around the field so much, you you know, he get 300 yards and two touchdowns as he's done when he started. Uh, I, I got to go Stroud. Uh, I just have to go with Stroud. He's, again, he's a better quarterback. He's in a must-win scenario himself. Uh, Mullins is, you know, is Stroud going to throw four interceptions in a game? Is Mullins? We've seen it, right? <laughs> well, you know, could so, be by the second quarter. They yeah. may say, you know, let's bring in Jaron Hall and get him some reps and see what we got next year if he wants to be our backup. I mean, they, they, they could very well do that. For all we know, they might bring Josh Dobbs in and run yeah. Wildcats with Josh Dobbs and they let him throw the ball. We don't know. So, yeah, no, that one to me has got to be Stroud. Speaking of quarterbacks, Jacksonville, Tennessee. This is a very important game. Not so much for Tennessee. It is for Jacksonville. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Ray, I guess it's fair to say is trending towards playing. I don't think he's going to be healthy, but it's it's a very important game for the Jags. Sounds like Will Levis has a chance to be under center for Tennessee. You know, you said yesterday, Lawrence, if he's out there and dressed and ready to go, Ray, he's probably like a QB1. And I, I realize that's a maybe a dangerous balance beam for a lot of players. But you just look at the rest of the field this weekend and with guys sitting or with their status unknown, at least with Lawrence, you know, sure there could be a re-injury, but if he can stay healthy, he's set for four quarters. He's set for probably 30 plus passes against the Titans. Yeah. And the Titans are allowing the second most, or second most points. They're, they're terrible against the pass. I don't know what the number is. I forget it off yet, but they're terrible against the pass. Uh, we've had success on the ground and throwing the ball for Lawrence of late. Lawrence has got, I think, nine scores the last three times these teams have meet up. So he's had personal yeah. success against them as well. And they got to win. So, yeah, I think that it's as it's been the last couple of weeks with Trevor Lawrence here down the stretch. Right. It's like, eh, eh. but at the end of the day, I think you got to start him. And he may be getting Christian Kirk back. There's a chance there. And I wonder, Ray, for, again, those who are playing a championship or, you know, consolation, whatever it is this week. Christian Kirk's kind of tempting to immediately stick back in there, isn't he? He's coming off the core injury, which is a muscle injury. There, there's some attraction there in this game if you're if you're rolling out three wide receivers. 
There is. Um, and because his role in the offense is five or six catches, 65, 70 yards each week and go to bed. It's there every week. Like he's the security blanket. He's the consistent guy. Ridley's all over the place. The other guys, it's always tough for me. Like I don't want to play hero and there, you know, there's always a chance that he comes back and he, you know, plays 42% of the snaps, you know, there's mm-hmm. that too. So I, I'd be reluctant to start him, but also wouldn't, you know, wouldn't turn a blind eye to the fact that if he does start, he can catch five passes. Uh, Jets Patriots for, for our purposes, Ray, I'm going to say who the hell cares. Now I, we're going to talk to Chris Rose here in a bit. I, I kind of wonder if there's a DFS angle here because it's going to be so ignored. You know, the two teams suck. The two offenses aren't any good, but you know, everybody's just going to skip past it for our purposes. I guess we should say if you've been playing any of these guys, Ray, they're at least out there this week, you know, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, you'd expect them to be out there. So we'll move quickly through that one. Atlanta, New Orleans, we still don't have an Atlanta QB. I don't know if it matters, Ray, but we still don't have a QB for the Falcons. And then pay attention to Alvin Kamara. Um, I, I think he will give it a go, Ray, because of what's on the line, but he's been missing practices this week with the ankle injury. Yeah, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is for the Falcons. We know that. The, the Kamara situation is one, yeah, because they, you know, he is in some strong respects their offense, right? And I have to think he, he tries. Now, mm-hmm. that's the problem, right? If he was in another scenario, maybe he'd just sit. But because of the, the ports of the game, he's going to give it a shot. Uh, Jamal Williams is in play because we've seen, you know, we've seen the fact that they want it, they'll give him the work, even if there's nothing sexy or exciting there with him. Close eye on Kamara on the news reports in the next couple of days. Tampa, Carolina. Uh, yesterday, we were telling you about Baker Mayfield missing Wednesday's practice. Good news, he got back to practice on Thursday. He's been dealing with a rib injury. Looks like he's good to go. Um, again, Tampa needs that game against Carolina. Everything else is kind of the usual for both the Panthers and the Bucks. Chicago Green Bay is getting interesting, Ray, because, um, I mean, Green Bay every week, they are one of the teams this year that, like, every single Sunday, you're kind of wondering aloud who's actually in, who's going to be playing, who's available. Yesterday, we got a DMP for A.J. Dillon. Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, both limited. Luke Musgrave, I guess, could be back. Again, we're two, three days out. You almost want to wake up on Sunday morning and get the latest on the Packers and who's actually available. Yeah, I think that's smart. We When we face that battle, as you pointed out, for a long time now, the receiving core is beat up, uh, much like the, the Houston Texans. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see. The Musgrave situation is one that, you know, people do, doing the craft thing, and craft has been really good. He's been very effective, mm-hmm. right? He's been a usable piece each week. If Musgrave is back from his injury, how much does that eat into craft? Probably enough to ding him from someone you would start to someone you wouldn't. Chicago got a little interesting. Um, and and I will say, Ray, I, I think the Bears are going into this game to, to not only win, we always want to win, but there is a part of the idea of this team is trending upwards just slightly, mm-hmm. you know, trying to end the season on a bang. They've been so bad for three, four years that it actually is important to go out with a victory. Um, and again, it's a huge rival. Like you can ruin the season for the Packers. So Khalil Herbert, Cole Komet, and DJ Moore were all limited. I, I would think all of those guys play. And if they're out there, I, I'm probably rolling all of them. I mean, Herbert has gotten so much work of late, Ray, that I don't see that really changing on Sunday. Yeah, and they get the first round, first pick regardless, right? Yes. It's from the Panthers. So yeah, Herbert's gone for a hundred and a touchdown each of the last two games on the ground. I think he's a solid start. DJ Moore obviously is an always guy you start. Komet's interesting. He only played, I think, 13 snaps last week. So he is someone that's like, eh, you know, he's. I expect him to play. He should have a role in this offense. I just hope he's healthy enough to complete this football game. Uh, let's get to the late games. Denver is at Vegas. Uh, Cortland Sutton back to full practice. And, and Ray, he has been a touchdown maker, but yeah. that was always with Russell Wilson. So, you know, now working with Jarrett Stidham, I'm 
even if Sutton's out there, I, I kind of say, well, it's one thing to put up touchdowns with Wilson, but this is a whole nother beast. I don't like him as a start going into Sunday against the Raiders. To me, he's a wide receiver three, and there's a lot of guys that kind of fall into that wide receiver three zone where it's like, you know, you, you get a touchdown, you're disappointing. You know, you catch seven passes, you're disappointing. He's he's there, and I agree with you that, you know, for all the problems Russell Wilson and the offense and all that, we knew where he was going with the with the, the ball when there was pressure. We knew that Sutton was going to high point a football, make a catch. We don't know if Stidham is going to be able to get him the ball that effectively either. As for the Raiders, uh, they kind of been saying all week that, oh, yeah, Josh Jacobs has a chance. He, he hasn't practiced in like three weeks, and he's still not practicing. So I think it's going to be Zamir White there. Uh, let's move to Philly and New York. Th this is a tough one, Ray. Uh, on the New York side, if you care, Tyrod Taylor's questionable. I really don't. But but Philly, Ray, it's not looking good for Devonta Smith. Mm -hmm. But I, I still wonder which way they land. Like, what's more important for Philadelphia? The 10% the chance they could win the NFC East. The, the idea that we need to get this offense back into a groove. Or does the idea of keeping all these guys healthy outweigh that? And and I don't know where we land there. As I've gone through the week, I'm starting to think that they may just give these guys a half of football. They'll get into the locker room. They'll see what Dallas and Washington are doing. And they'll probably bench these guys in the second half. I That, that would be if I had to make a call on the Eagles. That's what I'm saying. And if that's the case, Ray, with two quarters of Jalen Hurts, that's a real. That's one of the most difficult decisions I think of Week 18 is what to do with Jalen Hurts because you really want to start him because he can be a 35 point monster mm -hmm. in a game like this. But maybe we only get 15 points. Uh, 15 points is still okay. I mean, if it, if it's two quarters of Jalen Hurts or four of Jeff Driscoll or four of Carson Wentz or now if it's four of Geno Smith, Ray, I'm probably going Geno Smith. But some of these backups, I don't know if four quarters can even catch up the two quarters of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it is a very interesting scenario with the Eagles because obviously they're not playing football the way they anticipate. They're they're not playing football the way they were playing early in the season. And as much as we don't care really, like you said, the odds of winning the division, okay, who cares? We're in the playoffs. They need to fix this, in my mm -hmm. opinion. And if, you know, they're at halftime and it's, you know, 14 to 10 and they've got 137 yards of offense, you got to play these guys in the second half. You can't go into the playoffs with the way the offense looks right now, in my opinion. So that first half, they're going to have to get off to that hot start and get things going, get some rhythm, produce some things, or they might end up playing longer than we anticipate. At least they would if I was the coach, because we got to fix this. Uh, I mentioned Dallas, Washington. Again, Dallas is going to go and try to win this game so they can wrap up the NFC East. So, and, and they need to do something right on the road. They've been horrible for a few years now on the road. So, they may sit in the third and fourth quarter, but honestly, if I've got C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott, even Tony Pollard, I'm I'm rolling those guys. We, we saw a report with Washington, Ray, where they could be sitting dudes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, Terry McLaurin and Brian Robinson are probably the most important guys here. That, those are the only two guys. I, I, I think Robinson should be good for work, don't you? And, I, and McLaurin... He's kind of been messy all year, so I can understand if you want to avoid that situation. He, he's going to be working with Sam Howell again. But Robinson, Ray, I, I tend to think, okay, vets may be off. Is Brian Robinson a two-year vet? I, I'd play him on Sunday. It's tough. Right now, I think we have him 31 at running back over at FantasyGuru.com because, you know, there's game flow, there's resting, there's quarterback play. All that stuff has to be considered. Uh, but, yeah, I think that Robinson, for, for most people, if they're still playing – they probably aren't even. They probably weren't even using. Even when people were using Robinson, they didn't like him. He's scoring touchdown every other game. They still didn't like him. McLaurin, you know, catches four or five passes for fifty yards with Sam Howell. 
-hmm. That's just what it's been. So both these guys are not very appealing, though. Both guys could be in scenarios where they could produce higher numbers and they have the majority of the season. Going game by game uh, through the entire week 18, kind of let you know what the situations are. Chris Rowe is going to join us in a couple of minutes. Seattle, Arizona, everything's pretty good there. Kenneth Walker was back at practice yesterday, so Seattle needs this game. Arizona's trying to play spoiler. Of course, they don't have Hollywood Brown, but everything should be fine there. We've talked a lot about the Rams and 49ers this week. Pretty well everybody's resting, Ray. The, the only guy I wonder about is Nakua. And I've been saying this since Monday morning that that getting him the all-time NFL record for rookie catches and yardage, I think is a thing. I think it is. He needs four for 29. If I'm in a PPR setup, I, I realize everybody else is sitting. You know, Williams, McCaffrey, Purdy, Stafford, all these guys, Cup. Unless I hear Nakua's out, I, I think they're going to try to get him that record. I think they will. And that may blow up in people's face. But if I can get five catches for 50 yards on Nakua, I, I feel okay about that in a PPR setup. Carson Wentz got no problem throwing it to him nine times. You know, I mean, he's, <laughs> he'll do it. So, yeah, I think that Nakua is a very tough, tough call because of what you said. And also, at some point, we have to understand this. You have to have players on the football field. Yeah. Right. The Rams run three wide receiver sets. That's what they do. Like you, you're going to like who's going to who we're calling guys up off the practice squad to play 50 snaps this week. Like, I don't know. We'll see. But I'm leaning toward Nakua playing right now as well, pal. Kansas City and the uh, Chargers. KC pretty well sitting everybody. So we know with Mahomes, I think Pacheco's doubtful. Uh, Kelsey might be. Rasheed Rice is dealing with a was a hamstring. I think it is with Rasheed Rice. So if you got Kansas City guys. You're probably going to try to avoid that on the Chargers side. Uh, the bit of good news is that Josh Palmer could have a chance here to play. Now, remember, it's with Easton Sticks, so don't get carried away. But we could see Josh Palmer in that game. And then finally, Ray, the Sunday nighter, Buffalo, Miami. I don't think Jalen Waddle's playing. I think Raheem Mostert is questionable. You know, Tua's going to be out there. It's, it's a must-win game for both sides. They want the home game in the playoffs. They don't want to go on the road in the first week of the postseason. But I think Mostert and Waddle... If you've got those guys, it's really tough to wait around on Sunday unless we get definitive information. And again, I think Waddle's out, but Mostert Ray at this point is probably 50-50 at best. I would anticipate he plays because they need him to play, right, kind of thing. But, you know, we got to keep keep our eyes open for that. we got the Waddle scenario on defense. You've got Chubb and Howard who are out. Tyreek Hill's house is burning down. Like, this team is in flames. All, the whole team, metaphorically, is in flames all of a sudden. Two has got the shoulder issue that they're minimizing, but that's something. Uh, I would anticipate, again, Mostert playing. Uh, yeah. That's that's where I'm at right now, but I'm not going to sit here and tell someone that I can anticipate him seeing a full complement of snaps. So it's a Devin Achan uh, game this week against the Bills. And there you go. All 16 games, uh, kind of breaking it down. Very important week. Whether you're doing season-long or DFS, I know a lot of you are doing DFS. And because of that, let's talk some DFS. Uh, joining us now, one of our favorites. Love uh, getting in touch with Chris Rose. We usually do it on Fridays when he's available to talk some DFS. Uh, he and the rest of the crew have done a wonderful job all year long. Uh, man, Chris, I don't know if you like the Dodgers or you just like blue. The whole room. Every team you, you support is blue, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's the college jersey. And then, uh, yeah, I collect black ones. So, of course, it's <laughs> Dodge blue right now. Yeah, well, it looks good. We appreciate you joining us. Um, obviously, we're, we're going to focus on DFS here. Um, a lot of Sunday action. People are going to play. We got million-dollar prizes, all that. How about for Saturday, though, with, with the two-game slate? Um, you know, we've got Pittsburgh needing a win at Baltimore. we got the uh, showdown between Indianapolis and Houston. Um, is there an angle to play there? Are you, are you filling one of these four sides? Kind of how are you uh, breaking down this Saturday slate? Yeah, so with Baltimore pretty much sitting 
three quarters of the team. I'm gonna I'm gonna play more so on the Pittsburgh side. I think you can play both running backs with Warren and Najee Harris. Both of them put up 19 and 27 fantasy points last week. But for me, both Houston and uh and Houston and me both have to win and have to have Jacksonville lose. So I think the edge there is you're gonna have to play a lot on that side. So Stroud. Nico Collins. I think those are two guys you pretty much have to kind of work around. You got Devin Singletary that has some player incentives. This week, I think he needs like 140 yards for a player incentive. So you got guys like that. Um, for me, week 18, guys sitting. And I said this with Armando on, on his podcast yesterday. You have to target teams that have things to play for. So you have the playoff implications for a lot of teams and also the player incentives, which I'll touch on, on some of the guys that I really like this week. Uh, speaking of generally, Chris, of the slate itself, there's obviously the huge 13-game slate on Sunday, and then there's the, the two games on Saturday. Do you have a preference? You know, is it, hey, you know, you play this one if you're new to DFS, play this one if you're an experienced DFS player? Like, how do you break down the two slates just as a general look? Yeah, so I would probably stay away from the Saturday slate just because there's going to be probably that one guy that's, that's completely contrarian that's kind of going to break the slate. So I would mm-hmm. stay away from the Saturday slate. But for me, the Sunday slate is, like I said, when you take these teams that have playoff implications, these players that have player incentives, take a 13-game slate, break it down to maybe five or six games, turn your player your player core or your player pool into 20 guys, 25 guys, working around that. Way. I think it's a good chance for newer DFS people coming off the yearly, whether they won or lost in the playoff, but it's a good chance for them to take five or six games, focus around 20 guys, and kind of build a nice lineup around that. I think you can do it with these teams that are kind of I'm not Mr. DFS when it comes to football, Chris. That's why we have you here. Uh, You look at the the late game. It's where all the attention is going to be between the Bills and the Dolphins. Uh, You look at Vegas. Vegas says offense is going to happen, all this kind of stuff. How do we handle this game? Because there's a certain amount of chalk that we're willing to accept. There's a certain amount of chalk that we we look at and we say, oh, this is where the money is going. Do you see it that way? Do you need to be involved in this Bills-Dolphins game? Are you going to try to differentiate yourself from that? So for me, I think the game that kind of holds the key to the weekend and the playoffs is the Green Bay game. Green Bay, so you have these 1 o'clock games that are playing to try to get the playoffs. If Green Bay wins, they're in no matter what. So these 1 o'clock games are going to play to win. These 4 o'clock games are going to play to win. If Green Bay holds the key for the 4 o'clock, it pretty much wraps up this entire slate where you play guys that are playing to get the playoffs. It does not matter because they hold that 425 game. They're literally holding the 1 o'clock games – they hold him accountable to win the game, and then also the four o'clock games don't know what's happening, so they have to win as well. So if you look at Green Bay, Chicago, are you hammering that game if it, if it holds the key? Uh, and even the Bears side is kind of attractive, yeah. I would suspect in this one. It is. If you look, look at what Justin Fields has done, a little cool Khalil Herbert stuff in the last couple of weeks, over hundred yards. He really hasn't done much for three quarters of the season. You look at the Green Bay side, Jordan Love's playing a $500,000 player incentive if he, makes, if he makes the playoffs. So you got Jordan Love as playing for something, who's been really good in his first year starting quarterback. You have Jaden Reed, who's been really good. I like the Green Bay side a lot in this game. Absolutely love it. There's some other guys who I there's – there's one team that's playing spoiler this week that I'm absolutely in love with. Mm-hmm. I called the guy at 1% ownership on the, on the live stream last Sunday, and he went bonkers. So for me, it's the Arizona Cardinals. I I have Kyler and Kyler Murray and um, James Conner both my number one plays in the position. Okay, love it, love it. Um, Chris Rose with us talking DFS for Week 18. I would suspect Rams San Francisco is going to be pretty popular because 
with all these guys sitting, we got a lot of cheap dudes who are going to get snaps. Um, Jordan Mason, I mean, his ownership is going to be through the roof for this game. Anything else you like there? And talk about Mason. Like, do you do you say, okay, I got to do this just because everyone else is? Or are you playing it more as I'm going to avoid Mason and go in a different direction at running back? Yeah, so I'm probably going to take a contrarian approach, just completely fade that game. Like I said, there's five yeah. or six games that I'm really focusing on. And it's not you guys. I mean, my lineup's probably going to be balanced from, from top to bottom. So I'm not going to try to find some value. Again, on the slate, you have Rashad White, who's the highest, who's the highest price running back this week. So for me, I'm probably going to end up going for more of a balanced lineup. And I'm going to stay away from, from the chalk places. Do we, do we really trust Jordan Mason in a game where there's really nothing to play for? So for me, it's it's I'm fading that. I'm gonna let the the donkeys play that 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 side. And the guys, and everyone who follows follows a fantasy guru is gonna play the right guys and win all the money. Chris, let's talk the tight end position because you look at over DraftKings at the price points and you see Kelsey and Joku at the top. And you're like, eh. Then Laporta, we don't quite know what the Lions situation is. Then we start getting into the guys McBride, Ingram, guys that we expect to play full time. How are you handling this position in general this week? Uh, there's a lot more depth than we've been used to, but there's a lot of landmines in week 18. Yeah, we got kind of snappy at those landmines. I think the guys that are safe are like an Evan Ingram, who, funny, he only had six targets last week, caught all six, but his price tag went down. It's not coming off a 15-target game. So I think Ingram's a fantastic play. Jacksonville has to win, so that's a game. Um, I like Darren Waller a lot here. I like, you know, his as long as Tyron Taylor plays, I like Darren Waller. And then if you go down like the 3K range on DK Tucker Craft, it's interesting. He's been up, especially if if Octavian Wicks is still out, if you got Christian Watson still out, um, Craft will stay uh, a, a big time part of that passing offense. And then guys like Juwan Johnson, we're, we're monitoring the health of, of Alvin Kamara when he's going to give it a go. But if Kamara for some reason is out, Juwan Johnson can get a bump there in the passing game. He was great last week. Um, so again, he could get a big bump there at 3600 on DK. Chris, I'm going to ask you. Sorry, I have to do it to you. What about his teammate Taysom Hill? Um, you know, because if if Kamara's out, I mean, could there be a path to five, eight carries for Taysom Hill? We always know, you know, his role is volatile. You mentioned Juwan Johnson and the success last week where he blew up in week 17. Is Taysom Hill at 4,600 on DraftKings? Is he in play at all, or is that just too much gadget? We're not paying attention. Yeah, I think this is the cheapest we've seen Taysom Hill aside of last week in the last like seven, eight weeks. So at 4,600, he's an interesting play. You know, if Kamara's out, he's going to kind of mix in with Jamal Williams for that goal line inside the 10 running plays. So yeah, I can even see him probably throwing a touchdown or even catch a, touch, a touchdown like he did last week. So yeah, he's an interesting play at 4,600. If Kamara's out, he can go to someone like that, especially with Olave, who's dealing with that ankle injury. He had one of his worst games of the year last week. Of course, it's the week that I rostered him. So, <laughs> as expectable, as, as, as expected. But, yeah, Olave's still dealing with an ankle issue. I think Taysom becomes a really interesting play at 4600. couple of uh, quick questions with Chris Rose, then we'll let him run, get ready for the weekend. Again, you can catch him, I'm sure, on a variety of live streams this week. Cheat sheets, write-ups, all that stuff going in to the big Week 18 slate. Uh, Chris, you, you've said a couple of times, there's like five, six games I'm concentrating on. Um, is New England and New York, is that one of them? Or is that game <laughs> totally in the trash and you want nothing to do with it? That game's in the trash. 34 <laughs> over under, no thanks. I mean, you, I guess you could play like three soldiers for the passing upside. <laughs> but for me, I, I, I'm staying away from that one. And then Philadelphia. Um, we, we don't really know. That That's like one of those things. They may not even make the decision until they're in the game, you know, depending on what's happening with Dallas and Washington. So is that something to stay away from as well with the Eagles against the Giants? 
Yeah, I have in my player pool. I don't think I have any Philadelphia uh, guys. And I, mm. My article is probably ninety percent done. Just waiting to hear some some extra news from my article to come out tomorrow. But yeah, that's that's a game that I again a game that I kind of faded. There's and I'll and I'll tell you the six teams that I'm that I'm kind of targeting. It's Dallas, Arizona, Minnesota, Seattle, Green Bay, and Tampa. Those are the six teams that I'm targeting. That's my player pool is going to be pretty much surrounded around, pretty much focused around. Is uh, is Baker Mayfield a, a high end QB this week? Like top three, top four for you? Yeah, I have him QB three. Just the incentives alone, and you know these guys that are playing for something and a chip on his shoulder, you know, just getting pushed around different teams. So I think Baker Mayfield is that type of guy that kind of plays better with a chip on his shoulder. Million dollar incentive to make the playoffs. I think he plays well. Mike Evans is one of my top plays as well. Yeah, Mayfield's got like two million bucks in incentives with the statistical things, playoffs. So. Uh, yeah, a lot on the line there. Okay, Chris, uh, great breakdown, man. L- love how you kind of just shrunk it down and make it a little easier for those who don't play every single week because there will be a lot of people jumping on board for big prizes, big pools, all that stuff. Um, again, folks, check out Chris. He was with Armando, Mind of Marsal yesterday. I know that is up there in the library at fantasyguru.com. Uh, we got more live streams coming up, write-ups, cheat sheets, Saturday slate, Sunday slate. Sunday night showdown with Buffalo, Miami. So that's all going to be there. Uh, Chris, busy weekend for you. Uh, great work all year. Thanks for joining us. I, we're not going to let you go and never say hello to you again. But I uh, did want to congratulate you on getting to the finish line and uh, awesome stuff this year. Okay. Great pictures to catch the baby starting next month. Let's go. <laughs> you bet. Chris Rose hanging out with us on Fantasy Sports Daily. Really appreciate him dropping by on a Friday as we get you set for this huge week eight team. Uh, and there are some big prizes over there. I was checking out the uh, DraftKings. They know this too. They always do this in like week one. And then they do it in week 18 with just uh, like million dollar prizes that are up for grabs. So uh, check it out over at DK. FanDuel has the same thing. So wherever you want to go, uh, they will take care of you. Uh, question in the chat room, Henry, and this was earlier in the hour. And uh, let's see, he's he's got a, a game in week 18. So Henry, great job. Uh, PPR, he needs two. Bijan Robinson, Tony Pollard, Khalil Herbert, or Zamir White needs two of those in a PPR. Now, I have jokingly said, Ray, that this will be the week that Arthur Smith mm-hmm. unleashes the beast offensively. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Bijan have 28 touches, go for 230 yards. Now, I, I say that jokingly. I don't know if I'd make a bet on that. What I like here, I, Khalil Herbert, I guess I'm a little concerned about this ankle thing. Mm-hmm. but he's been really good the last two weeks. And again, I think the bears are going to play to win. So Herbert's going to be one of my guys, Pollard, Zamir white or Robinson. I I think I'm going to go Bijan, right? Mm-hmm. I think I am going to go in that direction and hope for the 20 touches. Pollard is fine. There's a little bit about, will he play four quarters? Um, there's a little bit about, Hey, just hasn't found the end zone this year. Zamir white. I'm not that enthused about. So Robinson and Herbert are my calls there. You got that half right, Kyle. We're gonna okay. go. We're That's gonna go. Good. Yeah, Robinson, which is probably the wrong call that we're both making. So <laughs> we both got it wrong. Uh, no, I'll go Robinson. I'm gonna go White, and because I agree with what you said earlier in the show today, Zamir White. They, I mean, excuse me, Josh Jacobs. They keep saying he's gonna play. He's not even practicing. Like, what is this? He's gonna play this week. He hasn't practiced like you said in yeah. three weeks. Zamir White hasn't been a touchdown maker. He's only gotten the end zone once, but he's also been stopped at the goal line previously. And you know, it's got underreported in some circles. I don't think at FantasyGuru.com, but in some circles. He's averaging 20 carries a week the last three games. There's a ton of volume there. I'm following the volume, White and Robinson. On that wide receiver one, he needs two. Brown, Moore, Reed, Pickens. Uh, The issue here is we got Pickens on Saturday. 
I'm probably going to go George Pickens here, Ray, as one of the two, and probably DJ Moore is the second. Um, I the Jaden Reed thing. Do we trust him to to make it through that game? Do we even trust that he's actually going to be out there? Like, there's still a little bit of fogginess there. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ Brown again. I I just think Philadelphia gets to the half and probably shuts these guys down. So Pickens and Moore are going to be buying call two teams that I I think those guys will get four quarters of action. Going more and AJ Brown. AJ Brown's going to go five seventy five and one in the first half, and they're going to shut him down. Well, he hasn't had a touchdown in like seven weeks. I know he hasn't, and there's been a lot of reports, unofficial reports, about the locker room being an issue and how Brown's kind of at the center of this. And you talked about it last week, I think it was, where you said, "Look, he didn't do much at the end of the season last year, and then the playoffs happened. They need to do it this week." And I think AJ Brown will get out there. I'm not benching Brown. I don't think that the plan for the Eagles is to have him play six snaps or anything like that. Brown and more for me. Yeah, that, you've kind of you, you've won me over a bit with laying that out because also Devonta Smith's not playing in this yep. game. And if if their goal is to let's just get right and then rest, then you come out and you try to post twenty one points in the first half. Mm-hmm. Your defense should have no issue with the Giants. Like if if they enter the locker room and they're not up by at least ten points, that'll be a letdown. That that'll be an issue for the Eagles. They want to be done with this game by the end of and, and this is always wild, Ray. We think it's so easy. You know, it, the Giants, they suck. They're not going to play. They'll just, you know, lay over, they'll lay on the ground and let the Eagles trample them. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of sound like I've never watched an NFL game. Because <laughs> you know? the Giants, I guess there's always pride, Ray. They're pros. The home fans will be there. I mean, they'll probably be more Eagle fans than probably. Giants fans. So, you know, and this is week 18, and I get it. People hate this stuff. I, I embrace it, Ray. It's it's the chaos. You know, it's it's fun, and it's kind of not as easy. The, the championship game should be a pain in the ass, right? It, it should be, like, something that infuriates you. You want to be emotional, I think, in week 18. I run these polls on Twitter, at the Ray Flowers, X, whatever, and I, I the results are resoundingly, you're an idiot. if you play week 18 and I was called I wasn't called an idiot but I was told I wasn't very smart multiple (laughs) times when I suggested well what if we do the playoffs in week 17 and 18 yeah everyone's like no we do it weeks 15 and 16 I'm like so now we're shortening the regular season like what are we doing here no one no one in the world wants to play week 18 everyone's afraid of week 18 they're all afraid of it and someone correctly pointed out as I mentioned on the show yesterday the winner of your fantasy league shouldn't it be the person that has the best management that's been on top of this all season long, that pays attention every week, not just the person that drafted Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's me. Well, and, and honestly, every week you get screwed over. Every single week there's crap that happens that's unfair. Yeah. You know, it's the sport. It, it's like, well, I, I don't, it's, I get it. Guys are sitting and that pisses people off. And, oh, I can't even play Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that. But to me, that's like fun. That's, that's, I, I got news. Even if Mahomes was playing, it's still a bunch of crap, crap shoot in week 18, you know? And I've mentioned this too. Like I was in the elite listener league. I had a hundred points more than any other team. The third place team was like 200 points behind me. I killed it. Killed this league. My team was fantastic. Week 16 semifinals, Chase is out, Pittman's out, Hawkins plays half the game. It happens every week. It happens every week. And, yeah. you know, so it's like – I. I get it. I really do get it. But I've also yeah. pointed this out, and so have you. We don't sit in baseball. We play every game. We don't sit in fantasy basketball. We play every game. We don't sit in fantasy hockey. We play every game. 
Why is it that the sport that people love more than any other sport, the yeah. fantasy sport that dwarfs probably every other fantasy sport in existence put together, why do people not want to play the entire season? I don't understand it. And, and here's the other thing to remember. If you're dealing with issues in week 18, so is your opponent. Of course. <laughs> you know, you're, you're both likely in the same boat, would be my guess. Uh, that, that would be what I'd suspect for this week 18. Um, anyway, good luck to everybody. We're obviously going to be back on Monday to recap all the craziness and excitement. Um, yes, trigger finger. I know it's a slog. I love a slog. I mean, there is nothing I enjoy more than reading about Vietnam. So I, I'm down for slogs. <laughs> Actually, I can't stand reading about Vietnam. It's all very depressing. So <laughs> maybe week 18 is the Vietnam of, of weeks. I don't know. Uh, but good luck to everybody. And again, hit up Discord throughout the week, you know, live streams, X, all that stuff. We're here to help. You know, that's part of what we sign up for. And Ray's mentioned that some people um, kind of bailed on the season. Uh, we have not at Fantasy Guru. That is our promise, our always promise to you, no matter the sport. Uh, so uh, keep following us throughout the weekend. We'll do our best to help you. i uh, got a few more minutes here, Ray. Uh, let's get a little bit of baseball. Uh, let's see, just, you know, house cleaning stuff. Uh, Harrison Bader to the Mets, one year. 11 million bucks. Wow. Um, you see him play a lot in St. Louis. Yeah. A lot of money for defense. So you think, hey, he's, he's not a terrible hitter. He just can't stay healthy. Yeah. He can go 15 15 if he can yeah. ever stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his old teammate, Tommy Edmond, there was a report uh, minor wrist surgery. I always get concerned with wrist surgery, but they say he's going to be fine. And then, right, we got a lot on the pitching side. Um, we talked a little bit about Chris Sale's contract. Atlanta made that trade for him, sent Vaughn Grissom to Boston and uh, I think what it's going to be is uh, he'll get six million from Atlanta this year. He'll get seventeen million from Boston. He gets a guaranteed twenty-two million in twenty twenty-five, and then there's an eighteen million dollar option for twenty twenty-six. Uh, for the Braves, I kind of get it. You know, I, we're seeing these teams that have money and are pretty well stamped for October. We're seeing them, Ray, more than willing to say we'll just kind of play around in season. And then we'll have Chris Sell, Tyler Glasnow, Clayton Kershaw, Jake DeGrom. We'll have these guys ready to go in the postseason. So we're going to an NBA sort of setup. Uh, it's just going to cost you a lot of money to do that. Like you just guaranteed Chris Sale $22 million for next season. Not 2024, but for mm -hmm. 2025. And the guy, what is it, 30 starts in four years? It's, it's really amazing he's pulling that kind of money when you're hoping he gets 15 starts this year. It is, but at the same time, you're going to give a guy a five-year, $110 million deal. Like, I, if, you know, as a Giants fan, maybe no one wants to come to San Francisco because they think every, everywhere in San Francisco there's poop on the sidewalk. But <laughs> they, they got to do stuff like this. Like, this is the way – this is how you're winning Major League Baseball nowadays, whether it's right or wrong, whether we agree with it. That This is what – and like you're saying, they're not super teams. It's not to that level because baseball is different than basketball. But teams are being built that way. And, you know, the Braves are very uh, forward thinking with this. And I wish more teams, even if they weren't themselves, would pick up what the Braves are laying down and do it. Mm -hmm. Pitching wise, uh, free agency Snell still out there. Jordan Montgomery still out there. If you're looking for bullpen help, Josh Hader is still out there. A lot of bullpen arms are still out there as usual. Uh, but, Ray, we also got this trade market. And, you know, it's been going two months now. Dylan C., Shane Bieber. Uh, I know Ken Rosenthal, who's always plugged in on this stuff at The Athletic, he says, yeah, Cease is totally, you know, White Sox. And, and the White Sox should. Yep. They, they need to, to revamp, kind of blow it up, get a couple of prospects. And Cease is attractive. And, 
Ray, you got a market here like the Yankees, the Orioles, uh, the Red Sox are said to be in on this thing, uh, the, the Phillies, the Cardinals. Like, there's a lot of teams. Cease and also Shane Bieber. And, you know, with Cease, I get it, Ray. With Bieber, like to me, and this is me based out of St. Louis, that guy screams St. Louis Cardinals pickup. Because <laughs> the actual trade is not going to cost you much because, hey, he hasn't been good. He hasn't been healthy. And he's only got a year left. And he's older than a guy like Cease. Like, that screams St. Louis Cardinals. And I think that's where he ends up. As for Cease, if I'm Baltimore, Ray, you've got 15 prospects. Trade one or two of them to get Dylan Cease and have your ace. And I don't know if Dylan Cease is like dominance, but he's better than what they have, I think. And and that team's ready to win, you know. They're in a good spot. I I, kind of hope the Orioles make that move for Cease. Yeah, and I, I'm just starting to dive into the rookie report again. We'll have hopefully information next week on the baseball product at fantasyguru.com. Just starting to dive in and do my rookie reviews. And it's like we all know that the Orioles have all these guys that got called up. They still got a ton of guys that haven't got called up. It's like this or this organization took forever to get there, but boy, is their minor league group smoking hot. Trade some of those pieces. Dylan Cease is under control this year and next year, as you pointed out. So that's two full years there. You know, you had Grayson take a step in the second half, Cal Brad Bradish took a step. You got to hope that John Means is healthy. If he is, he's a very effective quarter uh, pitcher. Dean Kramer's pretty good. And then Cole Irvin, come on, let's replace Cole Irvin with Dylan Cease. Like, that's the way to do this. Do the move, Orioles. It would work. Uh, I love getting Dylan Cease in that scenario. And I think they should give it a shot. And, and I'm sure the White Sox are asking for like three of your best prospects. And then I was like, we'll give you one really good one and then like a second and third that are okay. I get that. So there's a lot of negotiation, but these other teams are, I can't compete with what the Orioles have. Right. So there's a little bit of a stare down where Baltimore is saying, okay, you go out to Boston and, you know, Philadelphia, see what you can hammer up. But we, we think you're going to be back talking to us in, in a few weeks. So I, I think Baltimore, maybe that's the reason it hasn't been made is the White Sox. And, and we should know, you know, Atlanta said, screw it. We're going to go with Chris Sale. I mean, that's pretty well what they did. The Dodgers said, we'll just go get Tyler Glass now. So some other teams have just kind of left the, the uh, trade negotiations, if you will. Cincinnati, I mean, they went out and, Frankie Montas and Nick Martinez, guys like that. So the 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 field is starting to dwindle a bit of guys looking to get C's or Bieber. And uh, maybe that'll work out for teams like Baltimore and uh, St. Louis. Um, okay, we'll see if anything happens on the baseball front as the hot stove continues through the weekend. Uh, huge football weekend. Can't say it enough. Discord, columns, cheat sheets, all available live streams. Uh, going to be coming your way. We got the Sunday morning live stream. I think Jeff has his tonight. So you're going to want to check that out. All at Fantasy Guru. Big thank you to everybody at Facebook, YouTube, X, wherever you're following us. Those who download us on the audio side, really appreciate it. Ray, have a wonderful weekend. You've got one more Sunday morning of waking up before the sun does. Uh, I can't wait to sleep in until 7 o'clock. It's going to be glorious. Well, and then what? Next Sunday, you'll get up at 7.15. Probably because I won't be able to sleep. Yeah, Yeah. I get it. Always want to sleep more, and then he just gets up. Like today, I didn't. The little guy wasn't at the house. Usually you are at 7 a.m. sharp. Ray, I woke up today. It was almost eight. Was wow. Beautiful. Living the life. Yeah. I stayed life. up till, you know, 1130, which was. Wow. Like wow. You really pushed. Wow. Only got eight hours of sleep, yeah. Cal, huh? Wow. You got to look for the parties when you can, Ray. That was a party <laughs> last night. Just, just got to sit there and relax. No nothing. Stay up late. Flip channels. Do some channel surfing. Good Exciting. Um, okay. We'll see you next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Great weekend. Good luck to everybody. Come on. Let's tough it out, man. Bring home some titles. Maybe some thousands of dollars winnings, if not millions in DFS. Uh, We will see you on Monday right here. Fantasy Sports Daily at FantasyGuru.com.